This week's episode is sponsored by Baytul Mal. Baytul Mal provides life-saving, life-sustaining, and life-enriching humanitarian aid to underserved populations around the world, regardless of faith or nationality. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to another episode of Remastered Podcast with our special guest, Sheikh Saad Taslim. Inshallah, today we're going to be talking about honoring parents despite there's a disconnect between us and our parents, inshallah. Um, you know, just wanted to give you guys an introduction of our guest, inshallah. So Sheikh Saad, you studied, um, you know, in Islamic University in Medina. You were born in U.S. You did your Islamic law, Islamic sciences, and you're a regular instructor in Al-Maghrib Institute. You're a public speaker. You have your own clothing line. You have an amazing profile. So let me ask you. How's your relationship with your parents? Like, how is it? How has it always been smooth, or you know, have you ever got any uh, you know issues with your parents? Like, talk us, talk to us about that, and begin with that, inshallah. Uh, okay, first of all, walaikum assalam. Uh, thank you for having me on. Uh, it's good to be here. I'm excited to talk about this topic. Uh, I think it's very relevant. Uh, you did catch me off guard uh, on that first question. Uh, how is my relationship with my parents? I would like to think that it's pretty good. Um, but I will be very honest and say uh, it has been challenging at times and I've faced challenges as, I, as I'm sure my parents would probably say the same. Um, but overall, I would say, alhamdulillah, it's, it's, pre- it's a pretty good, pretty good relationship, alhamdulillah. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, of course, this is something that we all have reflected. And I think our relationship with the parents, depending on, you know, since you're born to where you're at right now in your stage, it, it differs, right? But I think this is a very sensitive topic for a lot of us, especially young professionals or people are, you know, I mean, across the board. And um, in our community, especially living in the United States as a Muslim American, right, or American Muslims, however you want to identify yourself as, the relationship with our parents becoming either strange or there's a lot of struggles happening in our community, especially, you know, as a youth director myself, there's so much disconnect between our parents and us and the next generation, especially the young people, right? So we, you know, kids becomes, they're in a different world, living in a completely different isolated world versus parents, they cannot relate. There's, there's so many, so much to it. Let us, let us kind of talk about like, what are some of the things that you have seen? And, and do you feel like that bridge is kind of becoming wider between parents and kids as generations uh, that are appearing? Uh, Yeah. So yeah, I do agree. There does seem to be a disconnect. Um, There are challenges. I don't know if the I don't know if I'd agree that the challenges are getting like we're getting more challenges. Um, there definitely are challenges to me when I really uh, think about this issue. And in my experience, you know, talking to parents, talking to kids and, and I get both sides, you know, parents come to me and they're like, oh, I'm having a problem with my kid, uh, my teenager, this and that. And then I have, you know, kids or children uh, come to me and they're like, you know, I, I'm having a problem with my mom, or my dad or my parents or, or whatever. Um, and then, you know, you get into, married life. And that brings on a whole set of other issues and challenges. And so I've dealt with, with a lot of this. Uh, but for me, looking at this and reflecting upon this issue, it comes down to two things. Uh, number one, uh, I would say um, a difference in understanding of what our deen requires of us. So there may be dis- a discrepancy between the parents' understanding uh, of what the relationship between parents and kids should be. Uh, and the kids' understanding. Uh, that's number one. And number two, there are there's the the cultural discrepancy, where you know cultural expectations. Parents may have certain expectations from their kids 
uh, which come from their culture, the way they were raised, the way they were brought up, the culture that they were brought up in. And then also, you know, children, their, you know, the, their culture, obviously the, 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 the culture of children is always going to be different. It's always going to evolve. They're going to be exposed to different things. And so that discrepancy is also a factor. Uh, and so that, I, to me, that, that's where, you know, it comes down to a lot of times really it is about like all relationships, uh, it's about uh, expectations and managing expectations. I think that's a good point you're mentioning. I think, you know, uh, I want us to reflect back on um, from the Quranic perspective, right? So, so me, uh, I grew up in the States. So I came here when I was 10. And I always seen like, I don't know, I'm not throwing shades at any South Asian parents, but it's, it's like whenever, you know, something goes wrong, religion is also used by parents to almost like, I want to say abusive parenting, right? Or Allah says, you're, you're not supposed to even, you know, talk back at us, but you're wrong, <laughs> Like we see this, like there's this, di- like I, you know, personally, I, I went almost 10 years. It took me 10 years to fix the relationship between me and my parents. And I had to make that approach. So I think there is a lot of young professionals out there who are really, you know, um, that form of emotional abuse we're talking about here, right? There's a lot of people go through this. And I have seen adults struggling with their parents, not being able to comfort them or, you know, take care of them the way they should be taken care of. At the same time, parents' expectation is unrealistic, Right. Um, again, how far do we go? What is it like? How far can, do I need to go to serve my parents? Like, you know, sometimes it comes down to of sacrificing your marriage life, your career growth, right? Um, as individuals who's living in, like, there are other things that parents, you feel like almost sometimes parents become that burden instead of their becoming the mercy or the other way around. You know what I mean? Yeah. So look, uh, from an Islamic perspective, actually, before we get into this, I just want to say that this is one of those issues where there's always a lot of emotions involved. Um, People feel very strongly, usually one way or the other. And also a person's life experiences and what they've been through will heavily impact the way they feel about this issue. So I could come and say, you know, here's what Islam says and so on and so forth. But they're like, my experience with my parents is this. So how can I follow that? Or how can I do that? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, and so it, it is, it is, I don't want to say it's a touchy subject. I mean, all subjects are touchy subjects now, uh, but we do have to keep that in mind, especially for me, like when speaking to other people, uh, I'm very careful uh, when talking to them about these issues. There's, there's the Islamic ideal. There's the Islamic requirement. There is like the baseline, like what Islam asks of us, what the Sharia asks of us. Uh, but we also have to keep in mind the reality of the situation. Uh, and, you know, life is, is complex. Life is, uh, life can be messy. It's not as simple as Allah has said this, and then you do this and, you know, you be obedient to your parents. Um, so that's just right off the bat. But uh, Islamically speaking, from, from the perspective of the Sharia or what Allah requires of us, um, there is often the word of obedience that I, that I hear quite a bit. Um, it's very interesting that if you look at the Quran and even the Sunnah of the Prophet Wasallam, uh, it's not really the word that Allah uh, uses is not uh, obedience. The word that Allah uses is uh, ihsan, right? Uh, that your Lord has decreed that you worship none but Him and that you be, you do ihsan towards uh, your parents. Uh, that we have commanded people to be, have ihsan towards their parents. 
uh, and ihsan is actually, uh, it's, it's a beautiful word. And I, if we really like delve into this word, there's so much that we get out of it. But really, uh, ihsan comes from, from husan, which is, I'm sure you know, beauty or, or beautification or, or to make something beautiful. So the whole idea is that we beautify uh, our relationship with our parents, um, that we beautify our interaction with them. We beautify our speech with them. We, we do the best that we can do. So we, we, you know, we go beyond just the requirements. And that is really the essence of what uh, Ihsan is. Um, and so you know, our scholars often say that Ihsan comes down to three things. Number one, uh, to do what is the, the most that is in your capability, um, to, do, uh, to hold back that which would take away uh, from, from our, from our uh, Ihsan, so something negative. Uh, and then uh, lastly, to do, to, uh, to, do uh, to take the definition of goodness and to elevate it, right? So this is really what Ihsan is towards our parents. And it's also very interesting that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when describing, uh, when mentioning our relationship or obedience to our parents, uh, Allah once again mentions Ihsan. And Ihsan is not um, specifically defined uh, in Islam. Uh, and there's many benefits of that. There's much wisdom to that. One is uh, that Allah doesn't want to restrict ihsan. So for one person, their level of ihsan may be here. For another person, it may be higher because they're, they're able to do more. Uh, and so it's not like this is uh, ihsan. Number two, uh, ihsan can very much be affected by the environment that we're in. Uh, what does ihsan look like for me towards my parents? living in the culture that I'm living in versus someone who's living in a different part of the world mm-hmm. uh, or someone who, you know, has, is just exposed to different things. Uh, so, so that is, but in, in general, yes. Uh, so instead of using the word obedience, I like to use the word ihsan, uh, to be good to, to our parents. And yes, that without a doubt uh, is a command from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah commands us uh, to do ihsan, to be good to our parents um, and, that, and that's, there's no, there's no denying that. And even so uh, uh, doing ihsan is from the obedience of Allah and it is from the obedience of the messenger uh, of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And without a doubt, uh, doing ihsan towards our parents, being good to our parents uh, is one of the ways to attain uh, paradise. You know, one hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam that as, as, a, as a child, as, um, you know, someone who has parents, uh, sometimes it really, it's, it's a wake up call for me. Uh, the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he said in this hadith of Abu Hurairah radiallahu an, I mentioned in Muslim where the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he said, uh, a person is doomed. You know, this person is doomed. This person is doomed. Uh, and the companions, they said, uh, man ya Rasulullah. They said, who is this person that that's doomed? And the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he said, this is a person, uh, whose parents, uh, reach old age either one of them or both of them they reach old age and this person wasn't able to attain paradise because of them meaning the point here is that this person lived with their parents or that you know they were alive their parents lived a full life to the end you know to an old age and they didn't take that opportunity to to be good to their parents to serve their parents to attain paradise right this is the person who's truly doomed and so without a doubt, that is uh, a vital, vital aspect uh, of our deen. And as I'm sure many of you have heard, um, Allah often pairs obedience to Allah uh, with being good to parents, right? So don't worship other than Allah and be mm. good to your parents. Um, that is often mentioned. So that cannot be belittled uh, at all. And I will also say this, which may sound 
uh, a little bit controversial, but I'm of the opinion uh, that the vast majority of us as believers uh, do fall short in this department. Uh, that, you know, and I'm not speaking for everyone here, uh, but the vast majority of us, when it comes to being good to our parents, honoring our parents, serving our parents, the reality is uh, the vast majority of us, including myself, uh, I believe we, we fall short. Uh, do, do we don't yeah. like, I mean, so, so for example, um, like very interesting, what it, the verse you're reflecting on, it's first obedience to Allah and then being good to parents, showing Ihsan. So like, so we yeah. can tell the audience, you don't have to obey, you don't have to obey your parents, just be good to them. <laughs> so the point, because, you know, this comes to, uh, 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 there's a lot, there's a lot that's happening in our community, right? Yeah. Because each parents have certain requirements. So like you mentioned about when they get old, you know, being taking care of them, because look, a lot of the immigrant parents who came to the States, you know, did amazing work and sacrificed, right. And, and, and built a generation of not just young people that they give them opportunity, but also built community centers. Right. Yeah. So when you come to this, you know, the paradigm that we build ourselves, right. We, we want to like, it's very tough conversation to say, Hey, I want to go live on my own with my wife while your parents are just like sitting there waiting for you to take care of them or be in the same house, you know? And then there's this issue of the in-laws that uh, uh, built in. Again, I, I, you know, before we go further, I want to give disclaimer. This is, of course, is a, a bit of a, a controversial topic or perhaps it needs to be talked about because look, there's enough conversation about parents, right? Like we, we, we're going to touch on it a lot more. You know, you'll hear it constantly. Even the imams would say like, listen to your parents, be good to your parents, but they're, like, I'm always saying, like, I, I have, you don't hear enough about, like, okay, what about kids? And the other thing is that... Well, that would depend on who you are, though. If you would ask the parents, they'd say, we don't hear enough about how kids should obey their parents. And if you talk to, you know, as a, <laughs> as a kid, you'd be like, all we hear about is, like, obey your parents and be good to your parents. But what about when parents, what about when parents suck? What do we do in that case, right? So no. I, I, I agree. Look, I'm, I, I think I'm in a, in a unique position, alhamdulillah where um, I'm, I'm, um, I'm a child and I'm a parent. Uh, and I can, I can very distinctly tell, uh, tell you that there's a difference uh, in my approach and, and how I felt um, before having children and, and after having children. Uh, yes, I mean, I studied Islam before having children um, and you, know, you study the rights of your parents and, and so on, and the rank, and like I said, the rank you know, that our parents have and the obedience that is, you know, the goodness that is due to them um, is unparalleled really. Uh, and I studied all that, but I never truly, truly appreciated it um, and understood and you know, I would say empathized properly uh, with parents until I myself became, I became a parent. And I, and I think that really, if I were to say like, is there a solution? Like how do we solve this issue? it really boils down to empathy. And so if someone's going to turn off the, the podcast right now and say, I'm not listening to anything else, just that's the take home, right? Empathy. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that. No, no, you're good. Yeah. Keep going. I, I think that's a very valuable point you're mentioning, right? Uh, but, you know, not all of, not, I, like I have two kids myself and I'm reflecting on like, okay, why do we have kids again? Like, you know, sometimes I look at certain like in our committee, mashallah, there's always this encouragement, like have as many kids. I'm saying like, why? Like you can't even, you're not even doing right. You're not even giving justice to your own fifth child that you have, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think there's this intentional setting going back. But, you know, like, like we talked about how, you know, you, you, you study four years to get your degree to get into a field, right? 
but then again, you're not like, you, you know, you don't study to become a parent. Like I'm reading books right now. I'm like, oh my God, what am I supposed to be, do, be doing as a dad, right? And I realized there's so much work. Yeah. There's so much effort you need to put in versus like, you know, we had village to take care of us back in the days. Now it's, you know, re- I don't have no village, man. Uh, we don't it's <laughs> reparent, like we don't have it right yeah. us living in this country it's like you don't have it like and we, we you know if you're blessed with a good community you have the support system but going back to the whole topic the rights of the children is also not given fully yeah it's it's, it's i think a lot of kids have like this you know it's, it's a dichotomy where like they're struggling between okay are they going to be disobedient if they're disobedient to the parent they think like you're being completely disobedient to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yeah. And, you know, there is a way to approach of being disagreeing yeah. with your parents. So just to simplify this issue, it really comes down to, to two principles in our deen. Uh, number one is the principle that states that it is impermissible uh, to harm others, uh, to cause people pain uh, and injustice. Right. And the Prophet ﷺ, he said, la darara, uh, la dirar. there's no causing of harm and there's no reciprocating harm. So if our parents are causing us harm or that relationship is causing us harm that goes against this major principle of our deen. So that should be very, very clear. So in cases of, you know, we talk about abuse and I think you, you mentioned it, but you know, if we're going to talk about abuse, things need to be very, very clear. There's no obedience to parents. If our parents are abusing us, Um, you know, that, that needs to be, that needs to be very, very clear that, you know, that's, that's where we absolutely uh, draw the line. Um, and I don't know if you want to talk more about abuse and, and you know, but I, I do want to talk yeah. about it because I feel like, you know, this is this is something that that happens under the rug, under the car. Like we don't talk about it enough and it's yeah. happening. Yeah, it happened to me personally. Like I felt it, but I couldn't speak up because if I raise my voice, I'm dis, I'm disrespectful. If I say I don't have anybody to support me in my conversation because it's a one way drive. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's been happening in our it's constantly happening in our community yeah and the parents are just i I get it you know like you know one of the things is that you cannot even say off to them okay how do i have a conversation then without raising my voice right so i I think (laughs) (laughs) so look this is this is like generally this is the advice that i give um if you know there there you know you there's certain abuse that i think should be very very clear obviously physical abuse uh should be very very clear and, and that should be like a red flag we, we draw the line there we don't move forward um there are cases where kids need to be removed from their parents and that's just very open and, and clear um verbal abuse and emotional abuse and that's where you get a little bit you know it, the the waters can get muddy even though for me a lot of that is very clear um but let's say let's say we're talking about difficult parents right um and it hasn't reached the level of abu- like straight up abuse um when it comes to difficult parents we don't have to so let's say, let's just straight up, like your mom's yelling at you, your dad's yelling at you, they're putting you down and so on and so forth. And they're like, whatever, you're a bad son, you're terrible, you don't do anything, whatever, that whole list. Um, what we owe to our parents is that we don't respond with that nastiness. Um, but that being said, you know, we don't have to take, we don't have to sit there and just take it, Right. And that because that comes into that comes under harm, right? Uh, causing harm and, and being the vi- being a victim, uh, and that comes under abuse. So when it becomes like that, um, whatever it, it, it takes for you to maintain your character, for you to maintain good goodness towards them, and goodness towards parents sometimes means that you know when Allah says uh, don't say uff to them, 
um, that means you you don't be nasty to them. You don't be mean to them. Um, that means walking away. That means uh, remaining silent. Um, and that means sometimes separating yourself from the situation. And sometimes it's it, it can be more of a permanent separ separation just, just to be real. Uh, and I understand that not everyone has that ability and, and things are a lot more complicated than that. But in general, you know, we don't sit there and just take the abuse, especially if it's a case where we know that we're going to reply in a bad or a nasty way, right? So we got we have to remove ourselves uh, from that situation. Um, but as I was saying earlier, two two things. It really boils down to two things. Number one, harm, right? So uh, there's no causing of harm. There's no reciprocating harm. Like we don't we don't get if that happens, we're, we're out. Right? We we remove that out of the situation. Number two. Uh, that there is no obedience to the creation in the, in the disobedience of Allah. Uh, so we will never obey our parents if it means disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no obedience to the makhluk, the creation of Allah, if it means disobedience to the khaliq, the creator, meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, and this is, this is absolutely clear that if our parents are telling us to do something which is Islamically wrong, um, then no, there's no obedience there uh, in them to that. Or they're asking us to do something, going back to the first point, they're asking us to do something which causes harm either to ourselves or to somebody else. And, you know, if you want to talk about you know, being in a relationship, being married, and then like in-laws and like someone's like, and I've, I've seen cases like this where a guy's like, I have to obey my parents. Well, your parents are asking you to do something which is harmful to your spouse or it's harmful to your children. Yeah. There's no obedience to them in that. So those are, those two points need to be uh, clear. Uh, that's a very thin line. I mean, so, so you, you, you mentioned in terms of, you know, um, not, but even sometimes parents use religion to use, uh, to abuse their kids, right? Sometimes like, yeah. well, this is what Allah is saying, you know, you need to do this, you need to obey me. Like, and, and it is, it's, it's, it's very tough because I remember a decade, 15 years ago, when my mom was trying to take me back home and get married. I was like, I don't want to do that. She was like, well, you're an this, you know what? You don't care about me. I'm like, this is a personal space, uh, mom. You don't come here, right? This is my decision here. You should like, you know, so I, I think parents sometimes even use religion, like, like, well, yeah. God says to obey me, this and that. Yeah. And I think that's difficult because a lot of young, uh, again, professionals who are not maybe well equipped with knowledgeable content from the dean can be really confused and throw them off. Right. Yeah. Um, but then again, like it, it, it's tough. It's very tough. It's a, it's a very tough yeah. situation. The most sensitive relationship is with our parents. Right. It is, I think, emphasized in our culture in our prayer space, in our masajid, I think that's something that's really deep, that relationship. And when it's not healthy, it, it's, it's very tough to help the individuals that need help and also advising parents because not every parent are going to listen to you or, or even the imam speaks, you know, it's just like yeah. ignored, right? Yeah. So the, yeah. yeah, so that's where, um, you know, community support becomes very important, um, especially when parents are crossing the line, uh, clear lines that are, that are you know, things that are defined by Islam. Um, you know, if you, some, they're doing something which goes against Islam and you're like, this is what Islam says, like, I'm not sorry, I'm not going to obey you when this means I'm disobeying Allah, right? Um, and so, first of all, like, education is, is key, right? So even as kids, uh, we need to educate ourselves, you know, as children, like, where, what exactly... 
Uh, and I, I, was, I would say even listening to something like this, I think would give people a proper understanding of like where those boundaries are. And that's why I wanted to give like two hard and fast rules where it's like, look, that's a, that's a red flag. If you're yeah. in that case, I would, at the, you know, first thing, go speak to someone, go speak to a scholar, go speak to an imam, go speak to a counselor, go speak to someone who can help guide you in terms of like what's happening between you and your, your parents or, or your parent. Um, that may mean, okay, I need to go to my parents and, and speak to them show them this is what islam says and they may not you know parents don't like to listen to kids when kids are preaching to them right especially they're like who yeah. are you to tell me what islam says right um and that's where you know you have to get people of authority um involved where you know it's an imam or a scholar that you can say look this is someone who is an authority in islam and you know at least listen to them um and they may still not listen to them but at least at that point um, we can be clear with our parents of, you know, this is where the, this is where the, where the boundaries are. Right. Uh, and that's why I do think community support, uh, is important because oftentimes it can feel very lonely, uh, mm. when your parents have turned against you and your parents are just like, you know, you're a bad son or you're a bad daughter. And you know, that, that, that guilt and that, you know, trying to put all the shame on you. Yeah. Um, it can, it can, it can be a very lonely place. Uh, and this is why, you know, it's important for people to, to reach out. And even somebody who's listening to this, if you're going through uh, a challenging time with your parents, definitely reach out. Uh, and that's why I think it is important to have, you know, in our community, that should be one of our goals in terms of community building is building those or having those resources available uh, in the community. Yeah. So I, so those are very good, important points you mentioned. Again, you know, for example, there's a lot of young people that don't have good relationship there. And every relationship requires work. I think that's yeah. something important, right? For example, yeah. okay, so let me ask you a quick personal question. How often do you hug your parents or when you see them? Like, is it like, a, is that like something that you, you, you adopted uh, from, from how, like, you know, how, how is that? Like, is, it, is love, because sometimes our parents are tough with us. It's a tough love, right? It's more of a professional yeah. tough love. I don't know about, I'm just, I'm, I'm talking about my South Asian experiences, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a tough love. They want best for you, but then it's like there's no sh love shown, right? right? Through that right hug, that like I think the the Middle East and the Arabs, they're good job. Like they're always kissing, hugging. I'm sitting looking at there's like I don't know what that looks like, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and again, I think like so, what is exactly um you know, is that something that I wanted to kind of hear from your experience? Like how how does that work for you? So look, the way I look at this issue is um. It goes back to a lot of it. I think not not all. When was the last time you When was the last time you hugged your parents? Uh, I hugged my mom yesterday. Okay. But I, but I but I do I do want to um, I do want to qualify my answer because yeah. uh, I, for me this issue a lot of it goes back to uh, what is known as the languages of love. Are you familiar with that concept? Yes. Or the love languages. Yeah. So yeah, basically, yeah. for for someone who's not familiar with it, someone's listening. Um, this is, this is the idea that uh, people uh, express and perceive love in different ways. Mm. Um, so for some people, they express love more physically. Uh, it's called physical touch, right? Um, and uh, some people, uh, they perceive love in that way as well. So some people need to be touched and held and kissed and hugged um, to feel loved. So for some people, it's more what is known as quality time meaning when you spend time with them they they feel loved or if they want to show you their love they'll spend time with you for some people it's acts of service meaning when they do things for you um you know they're trying to show you that they that they love you for some people it's like words of encouragement 
uh, things like I appreciate you, I love you, uh, I value you, so on and so forth. Uh, the reality is as human beings, we are all different in our uh, language of love. And you know, you're not always one or the other, but yeah. we tend to be more, have more of one than the other or be a combination. Uh, but I think this is important for all relationships. Usually when people talk about mm. the love languages, they're talking about like the spousal relationship, yeah. right? So between a husband and wife, you need to know your own love language and also uh, know your spouse's love language. Cause you can be, you know, for, so for some people it's, you know, buying gifts, that's uh, you a book can be title, buying man. gifts for your, for your wife parents. all day long, but if that's not her love language, she's not going to feel loved. Right. Or, you know, physical touch and, and, and so on and so forth. So it's important to, and also for, for yourself to know what my love, like it's important to understand how you perceive uh, love, but the, it goes beyond just, you know, spouses. It goes to parents as well. Um, I can tell you that, uh, I don't like to get too personal, but, um, my mom, she is, uh, definitely like growing up hugging and kissing and so on and so forth. Uh, I know other moms, uh, that are definitely not their love language is not uh, <laughs> physical touch to them. It's acts of service. And a yeah. lot of times, you know, you talk about the South Asian Desi culture or whatever. A lot of times, if you look at the love language, it's not a physical touch. It's not Money. words of affirmation. Um, it's not, it's not things, it's more, you know, acts of service. It's, you know, the sacrifices that our parents have made for us. Who are we to say that the sacrifices that our parents made for us uh, is not love, right? Yeah. So maybe your parent didn't grow up, you know, maybe you didn't grow up and you didn't hear your mom say to you like, oh, I love you. Uh, I appreciate you. Or like give you hugs and kisses and so on. But you know what? Your mom was working two jobs to support you. And, they, you know, she lived a tough life to, to provide for yeah. you. Uh, you know, so that's, that's, you know, that's how she showed her, her love for you. Um, and that, you know, so, so it can't, it can't, it can't differ. And I think that helps bring some clarity uh, to the issue. Uh, but also I think it's important for parents to try and understand, like as a parent, I try and understand my kids' love language what makes yeah. them feel loved. And I think that is a parental responsibility. I'm of the opinion also that it, it does, and Allah knows best, but my uh, hypothesis is that it does get passed down. Um, mm. Like I, I'm like, for me, uh, you know, physical touch is, is a big thing. Uh, my wife less so. So if we look at our, I have, I have two boys, uh, my older boy who's, who's six, he's a lot like me, right? Uh, he loves to be hugged and kissed and, uh, and words of affirmation for my wife. That's, that's big as well. For me, that's big as well. That's something we share. Uh, we try our best to tell our kids, you know, I love you. I appreciate you. So on and so forth, that, that communication. And I can see, you know, as my son got older, how he developed that, um, personality and that became part of his love language. Um, and even now he'll demand it sometimes, you know, like I'm walking out of his room at night and he's like, I love you, dad. And I'm like, maybe something's on my mind. And I, I you know, I don't remember. Yeah. I'm just, I'm walking out and he goes, I love you. I love you, dad. I love you. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I love you too. And then, <laughs> and then he's satisfied. Mashallah. Right? Yeah. May Allah bless him. May Allah bless your family. I think that, by the way, that's deep what you're mentioning about the love language of parents. I, I, I didn't click on me because, you know, when we were talking about like the love, because that book is famously written for couples. Yeah. But you're right about, you know, really knowing what the love language for your parents is. Right. Yeah. So I was joking, saying like, you know, yeah. for some parents, it's money for Daisy parents. Like it's like I have seen I, I have witnessed this like, well, 
the moment you get your check, 20% just going to go to your mom's hand. And that's, that's her love language, right? And she's all set for the next seven days. You're not going to get yelled. You're not going to get judged, right? Yeah. When the money dries out, you'll see. So it, it's, it could be funny we're discussing, but the reality is you're right. They sacrificed yeah. so much for us. You know, they didn't expect, like we, we probably, they probably, you know, say, you know what, you're my retirement plan. And you're saying, no, 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 I need, to, I, need to, I need my space. So there has to be that balance. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's, that's very, um, that's, that's pretty deep uh, what you mentioned. Yeah. And this is actually something that Allah reminds us of uh, as well. Look, uh, so we are good to our parents. The first main reason, like the, uh, like the, the main reason, right. The driving force behind why we're good to our parents is for Allah, right. It's obedience to Allah. It's not for our parents. It's not for anybody else, not for society. It's not for the community. It's not mm. for our culture. It's for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's it. Right. We, that's between us and, and Allah. That's what drives us to be good to our parents. But Allah does remind us uh, of uh, the other reasons that may motivate us. So, uh, for example, um, Allah tells us, Allah specifically gives us the example of the sacrifices that mothers make. Um, that, you know, uh, the mother, how she, you know, bears, how she gives birth. Uh, yeah. And that how tough and, and, and difficult that is. Uh, for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, That, you know, uh, this person's their mother, they bore them uh, with hardship upon hardship, right? Uh, that, and I, I often say, subhanahu, it's very interesting that Allah gives the example of a mother, not a father. And like, why is that? Uh, one of the reasons is because the mother has to biologically make some sacrifices no matter what. So, mm. you know, my sisters probably know what I'm talking about, but you know, those of those, you know, those women who've given birth, uh, before the child is ever born, right? Nine months ahead of time, they are sacrificing so much, right? They're going through so many changes, their body is changing. There's so much going on. There's so much, their life completely changes during that pregnancy. And the child isn't even like, they don't even know what that homie looks like, right? Uh, they never met him <laughs> that, or her, but they're making all of these sacrifices and, you know, sacrifice and sacrifice, nine months. And then it's not, it's not over, you know, the birth itself. And I mean, obviously I, I'm not a woman. I don't know exactly how difficult it is, but my sisters tell me that it's like one of the most painful things you can go through, physically painful thing you can experience. And then after going through that experience, it's still not over right? It's, it's, you know, feeding the child and, and so on and so forth. And so Allah reminds us of this. There's certain things. So that's what a mother does. Like a, a, the dad doesn't do that, right? He can be, he can be there for support and so on and so forth. But the sacrifice that a mom makes, you know, you know, that the dad's not going to make those same sacrifices. And also I, I've, I thought a lot about this bad parents, right? So you can have, you can have a bad mom, right? May Allah protect us, but even a bad mom, has made that sacrifice. If she's given birth to you, she's at least done that, right? Gone through those nine months or so and given birth and possibly had to feed you and so on and so forth. You know, uh, a bad dad, if you have a bad dad, who's like, you know, just a crummy dad, he's done nothing, right? But our moms, this is why Allah reminds us of our, of our moms that look, this is what your mom, like if you can't recognize anything else, like for like, my mom's terrible, she does nothing for me. She, she actually did this and that, whatever. She did that. So Allah is saying like at the very least and like how do you repay that, right? Mm -hmm. Bringing you into this world and those sacrifices. Oh. Um, and, and you know, the thing is like it's parents who can truly relate to this. Muhammad, I know you're a parent, right? So, yeah. you know, that, that early time, 
you know, even though you're, you're, you did, you didn't give birth, but even I'm sure you were, I'm, I'm you know, I had to be in that room. So, I mean, that was, that, that was my only sacrifice. <laughs> no, but when the, when, when, when your children were born, right. right. I'd imagine you were there to support your wife and you know, that so you had to do stuff that, I mean, I'll tell you for myself, I, I had to do things that I never thought I, you know, I would do, you know, I just like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. just things I never imagined myself doing, you know, I just, but there are sacrifices that I made for my child that I, you know, I didn't even know I was capable of. Yeah. Uh, and I know my child doesn't understand that. And I know he's not going to understand it until yeah. he becomes a parent. But that's, yeah. that's the reality of this life. And that's why, that's why Allah reminds us uh, of that. You know, that's, that's one of the reasons that, that we, you know, that we, that we be good to, that, that we deal with the hardship of, of being good to our parents, even if they're difficult. Yeah. And I, I, so it's interesting. So let me ask you, um, and I think I'm sure some viewers are curious about it. Can you still be successful having, despite having a bad relationship with your parents? Like, you know, cause that's like a, almost saying personally, like my life turned around the moment I started fixing my relationship with my parents. Right. And then yeah. I hear this in lectures and hot about mothers and companions did this kind you know, there's one companion who did, who couldn't meet the prophet because he had to stay with his mom because she was sick and he yeah. missed the opportunity, you know? So like, yeah. Can you still be successful in, in, in having a bad relationship with your parents and still be successful in this dunya or in this akhira? I don't so know. I think the, the question is, I don't agree with, that with the phrasing of the question. Because okay. like, when you say a bad relationship with your parents, the question should be like, why do you have a bad relationship with your parents? Mm. So is it because you didn't make an effort and you didn't try and you weren't patient? Um, let's, or, say, let's say you made an effort and you did try you're on the right track. Can you, is that considered like, like, could you say that, you know, maybe that's, that's still hindering your success or. So, so the question should be, can you be successful without doing ihsan towards your parents? Right. Ah. Because you can do ihsan towards your parents and still have a crappy relationship with your parents. Right. Right. You can have okay. a bad relationship, yeah. even though you, yeah. you know, you did whatever you can do. So, right. and I think, you know, the answer to that question, right. Obviously ihsan, doing ihsan is, from the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is, you know, that is what gives us success in this life and the afterlife as well. So, you but know, that's and this tricky. Is, yeah, go ahead. It's tricky. Like, you know, like, because every parents, you know, it's just, you're almost, you're so close, not like, you almost feel like you're not obeying them and you're, you're like, or disobeying a lot. Like it, it is a fine line almost. It's like, it, it's almost really like, it's difficult if you're not aware of it. Like if you don't have the Islamic knowledge and come yes. from the background, that's a very, that's a, that, that will take a toll on you. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And I think this is where, you know, self-worth becomes very, very important. Like as a Muslim, mm. I, I often say this, I say this to my students and I talk about this in my classes, like, where does your self-worth come from? Right. That's, I mean, that's, we really got to ask ourselves for some of us, our self-worth comes from the, our relationships, right? Like, oh, if I'm a good, like if I have a, for example, somebody who's married, if my marriage is going well, we feel good about ourselves. Uh, for some people, it's their career. If they make a lot of money or whatever, they feel good about themselves. For some people, it's their looks. For some people, for parents, a lot of times, it's their children. Or for children, it can be their parents. Like if I have a good relationship with my parents, I feel good about myself. But as a believer, our self-worth has to come from our relationship with Allah. And mm. what that does for us is that the world can burn down around us. May Allah protect us. I mean. But we, if, if we know we are we are uh, in cliched statement, but if we're good with God, then inshallah, we don't have to feel ashamed and we don't have to feel guilty and, and, and all that, even though, you know, we don't see the results. And this is, this is not just a relationship with our parents, it's everything in life, 
right? Everything we do in life. So um, I'll make it even easier. Uh, when it comes to problems in relationships, a lot of times it boils, it boils down to managing expectations. So, you know, you get spousal relationship, et cetera, but today we're talking about parents and kids. There are expectations that parents have, and then there are expectations that, that kids have, right? From each other for, you know, and this is what our relationship should be like. This is what, mom, you, you're supposed to be like this and you're supposed to do this and you, et cetera, et cetera. And then as a parent, you know, as my, they're like, as my child, you should do this and be like, so those are the expectations that they have. When those expectations are not met, that can lead to conflict. So the first thing I would say is it's important to define what your expectations are. So mm -hmm. to be very, to, to, to have an open dialogue with your parents and say, okay, what exactly, like, let's talk, let's, let's, let's lay it all out. Right. So what exactly do you expect from me? Like as a child, and can we agree upon certain principles? The principles, as I mentioned, that if you're asking me to do something that is bringing harm upon me or, or others, then, then I can't, I can't do it. And also mm -hmm. um, that if you're asking me to do something which is bad or haram or, or something that goes against Islam, then can we agree that I, I will never obey you in that? Um, and yes, I know that's easier said than done, like, like I said earlier. Um, but the next thing that jumps out to me is something that people don't like hearing, and that is counseling. Um, parents don't like to hear it. Kids don't like to hear it. Uh, but oftentimes that can be the saving factor. Uh, the, the willingness of parents and kids to get counseling. And that's why I think we do need a lot more Muslim counselors. And that's why I get very happy when I see young brothers and sisters going into the field because there's such a big need for that. Um, yeah. Have counselors and therapists in our communities uh, because a lot of these problems can honestly be solved if you just sit down with someone who is knowledgeable, someone who knows, someone can, you can sit down with someone and they can do that for you. They can help you manage your expectations and, you know, and challenges and build that empathy. And so once again, the other, so the other main point is empathy. Can we empathize with our parents? Uh, can the parents empathize with what the kids are going through? And mm -hmm. a, a lot of times they can't. And so once again, you would need someone's help to, to do that, right? Uh, as a youth counselor, I'm, I'm sure you already do this, right? You help parents empathize with their kids. You're like, you don't understand that your kid is going through this and this and this and this and this. And I'm sure you help your kids empathize with your parents. Like, you don't understand the sacrifice your parents made and they just want good for you. It's trying to build that, that empathy because the, the nature of empathy is to bring people together. And empathy is to try and feel what the other person is feeling, try to understand their perspective. Um, so that's, that's what I would boil it down to. And I, I know uh, people don't like to hear that because it's not a quick fix. And a lot of times parents come to me that I like, can you just quickly fix our relationship. I'm like, no, like you need counseling, like you need, you need to be educated in the Dean and you need counseling yeah. and we need to have a long talk before like, yeah. you know, we're going to fix so, it. So, you know, like you mentioned counseling, you know, uh, so Muslim American society, like social foundation, they have 60 counselors that help families struggling in relationships, right? Many yeah. different forms of relationship. There are resources available. There are articles, there are books, there are, con it, it's matter of like, you know, like even when I'm reading Dr. Radar Bashir's one of the author of mass who wrote the book and who was at conferences. And I'm just mind blown how the information, there's so much help and resource available, building the relationship, fixing them and re-engaging, right? So it's not like yeah. that you're completely lost hope and you're looking for that one lecture and two minutes you need to know the solution. Yeah. It's not it. There's a lot more to it. It's a relationship. It's a very uh, sensitive uh, uh, focus, right? So I think I think we really need to you know step up. And also it's not just, you know, your rights as a you know parent, but it's also rights on your children to be conscious. And this requires a lot more episodes to talk about, 
So uh, quick, uh, like pop quiz question to you. Okay, so I want you, I want you to share a moment that you're always like worried about my question. <laughs> I'm making it personal. So tell me about a moment that you uh, disobeyed your parents or you raised your voice. What was the feeling like? What was that one feeling you're like, man, I wish I didn't raise my voice. You, how did you feel and how did you go about it? Yeah, it's happened. Without, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's happened. You know, I've gotten angry. Um, and the, for me, it's always, um, I, you know, I try to reflect upon, um, you know, what happened, which I think is very important for everyone to reflect yeah. upon, you know, what took place. Uh, and for me, if I always ask myself, like, did I cross the boundary in terms of um, my behavior towards my parents, right? Mm. Um, yes, you know, so we can, we can, our mind can be clouded with, yeah, you know what, they said this and they did this and that's why I got mad and, you know, how could they do this and so on and so forth. Um, and that'll just actually make us more angry. Yeah. So like, to, you know, take out those negative thoughts and say, look, they did this, but in the end of the day, I am in control over my own behavior. Right? I'm in charge over myself. And Allah's not going to question me about what my parents did. Allah's going to question me about what I did. So right. did, I, did I respond in a way that is satisfactory, acceptable, good, Islamically or not? Uh, and that has always, alhamdulillah, helped me like center myself uh, if, you know, when that, when that uh, happens. Uh, and that's the case with, with all relationships, uh, subhanAllah, you know, to, to, to come back, to reflect upon, you know, the mistakes that we made and really ask ourselves like, and it goes back to that, you know, that cliche statement, am I good with God? So again, Jazakumullah khair everyone. May Allah bless all of you. Um, you know, check out our podcast series, follow us on Mass National on platforms and Instagram and social media, other platforms, inshallah. And again, thank you so much for uh, really talking about these things because, you know, the taboo of like imams not talk about taboo subjects, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think it's really powerful and it's really important for next, not just next generation, but also the generations to come, inshallah. Jazakumullah khair. Uh, may Allah bless you. And Amen. let's sign off thank here. You. Thank you for having me. Again, this is Mohammed Kibria. Thank you so much for uh, listening to the Remastered Podcast. Signing off until next time, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. This week's episode is sponsored by Baytul Mal. Baytul Mal provides life-saving, life-sustaining, and life-enriching humanitarian aid to underserved populations around the world, regardless of faith or nationality.